going on all you movie lover badasses out there that fat samurai guy is here with lady fair blood and holy shit we got lee lee be golden what he be he be golden what? Uh, up in the house huh well welcome my brother who's lee be golden this guy? <laughs> where welcome. am i what's it? what is this place <laughs> welcome to another episode of the verbal nectar podcast the Ridiculous Name, brought to you by Ridiculous People. That's right. Not you. You rock, my brother. But thank you for joining us on the podcast where we love talking about movies and cinema. And I know they're the same damn thing. Okay? I don't care. I like saying both. Damn it. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll let you have it. So, Preston knows well, all the best words. <laughs> so for those out there uh, that are that are new uh, to the channel that are watching, that are listening right now, you want to tell them a little bit about yourself, you are free to do so. My name is Lee B. Golden III. I was born and raised in New York City. I'm a New York City native, and I'm the founder and editor of FilmCombatSnicket.com. I launched, I, I launched that website, or blog rather, on Google's blogger platform in 2013, and uh, I, I got a, a bit of a facelift through a friend of a friend and uh, we, uh, I'm on my own like little uh, WordPress platform, and we've sort of advanced a bit. Um, I have a few contributors. Um, we cover uh, genre films. Uh, my own uh, trajectory in terms of coverage stems from my uh, uh, friendships within the stunt community. Um, every two weeks, I post a thing called the Hit List, which is a column I, I write. Uh, every two Mondays, uh, uh, hosting stunt reels and short films, uh, mainly action genre of uh, different varieties like drama, sci-fi, suspense, thrillers, crime, um, things like that. Um, I'm geared toward independent filmmakers and creatives. I've been so uh, since around 2005, 2006, when I started um, taking notice of independent stunt teams, uh, creating their own short films and movies. Uh, teams like Zero Gravity, uh, The Stunt People, uh, Jabroni Pictures, um, filmmakers like Vlad Rimberg, Eric Jacobus, like that. And uh, yeah, I, I've been um, addicted ever since. And yes. uh, I've, had, I've had to work my way up a uh, bit uh, through life's different uh, struggles and, uh, you know, hurdles and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I am where I am today. Um, I put in the work and I'm still putting the work and I'll never stop putting in the work as long as I have working thumbs and a, and a smartphone and a dream. That's right. And they can, uh, they can find you on Facebook, <laughs> this guy. On, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. That's, That's right. Look up Film Combat Syndicate. Make sure you guys check it out. It's very, just very informative. And Lee, I have to give you some credit, sir. You're a very, not only are you an intelligent man, but you, 
<laughs> but you are just very, <laughs> you are very just well-versed and knowledgeable. You know, you have a huge wealth of knowledge that we respect when it comes to the action and the martial arts genre. And your reviews are on point. And, and you know, we follow you. as. And, and I, but how did you... How did you find us again? Because it's been so long. Uh, we've been we've been social media buddies for a while. So how did do you remember the first video you came across and you were like, who are these two knuckleheads? <laughs> Jesus, do we want uh, Yes. I, I, when, when, I think uh, prior to when I first met you, I was harassed by an Australian filmmaker who made a film called um, The Ninja Something. The Ninja, the Immovable Heart. That garbage shit movie, yeah. The movie I gave zero stars. I gave that zero stars on the movie dojo, the, by the way. The, the, the one you obliterated to frick. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I sort of, I, I, I DM'd you on Twitter uh, to talk to you about that, about how shit it is. And I yeah. told you what happened. I told you what happened. I just, I think you were, I think you're following me on Twitter. I think yes. that's how I, was able to, I was, how I was able to DM you about that. Um, and I, I guess we sort of just got a rapport going. And then I added you on Facebook. I added uh, Lady Fatblood. And uh, I've enjoyed your uh, channel ever since. And I'm glad you enjoy my website. Yeah, man, we really appreciate your support. I mean, you've been supporting us for several years now, as well as, you know, we support you as well. We try to we try to share blogs and trailers when we can. And, and the things that you and, post, I try to share on my That Fat Samurai yeah. Guy page when I can. Cause there's so much we're doing. We're all, we're crazy busy. You're crazy busy, but oh, yeah. um, we try to, you know, represent, we got to represent the genre that we love martial arts and action cinema. And uh, yeah, you thank God for people like you for being out there on the front line, spreading the word, letting everybody know, Hey, y'all ain't got to settle for fucking give me a bad, bad martial arts action movie. Scorpion. <laughs> Scorpion. <laughs> Sorry, it was, it was too fresh and raw. You'll, you'll hear a review of Scorpion very soon, but okay, <laughs> okay. Rush Hour Three. Rush Hour Three. You don't have Rush to settle for Rush Hour Three, and that's the greatest martial arts film out there in, in the mainstream theaters. You don't have to settle for that. No. We oh. got so many badass martial arts and action films from all countries around the world and you know you point that you point people in the right direction and we try to when we can uh when we get time to post shit but we're you know we're busy with work which is usual nothing new and you're busy as well but we do what we can we got to represent be on the front lines and let people know hey you don't have to hey you like you like distraction extraction was pretty badass had some badass action in it right do you want to see the the origin of that? Well, check out these movies called the Raid films. You know, rewind a little bit. You know what I mean? Or, Go back and check or, these out. Or if you want to check out the origins, check out Sam Hargrave and his history with Real Kick, because mm. that's how I that's how I found out about him through his through his work in, in the early two thousands. Uh, um, he had um, uh, uh, partners like Tim Storm and. Um, What's this guy's name? He was he was in he was in Fast and Furious, um, uh, four, uh, or Furious Five, I think. Um, Fernando Chen, yes, Fernando Chen and Tim Storm and uh, Sam Hargrave and 
his wife, Monique Ganderton, uh, they're all, they mm-hmm. were all real mm-hmm. kick people at the time. Um, yeah. when I discovered him per se, um, they did some great work and I, I, I've, yes. I've followed Sam Hargrave since then. And you're really knowledgeable. You really know these stunt guys by name and all that stuff. I'm trying to. I'm well, you know, you know, you know what we do. You know what we do. We what? go, hey, it's that guy from that movie. Yeah, that guy's awesome. <laughs> I'm feeling attacked here. Uh, what? What do you mean? <laughs> Talking about? I do the same thing. Come on. But uh, do you know because of the success of Extraction? Do you know if Sam is going to do more films? Have you heard well, anything? I, that, uh, I, well, I'm I'm hearing what everyone else is hearing um, uh, because I read the trades. I stick to the trades, and I do try to get some insider info, even though it's 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 a rarity that I find anything out raw. Um, and even if I do, I don't report on it right away um, unless I get the go ahead. Um, but uh, right. there is a likelihood that he may direct the sequel but you know time time will tell time will tell because things always change yeah um you know things are constantly in flux you know especially nowadays with the way this year's turned out yeah um with with the rona and you know all this other garbage out there yeah um but uh we'll we'll see uh how things pan out um but he's for a first time you know filmmaker after so many years of doing stunts, Sam is Sam is off to a great start with yes. uh, uh, extraction. It yeah, we really, film. really enjoyed uh, that movie. The the plot was very simple to follow and simplistic, but who gives a shit? I mean, the, the, we were perfectly fine with the plot being simple and easy to follow. Yeah. It was all about the ride, the the and stuff. You know some, and you know something, I didn't mind that there wasn't this comedic banter. Like there are people on Twitter, you know, complaining like. How come he couldn't do more with the kid? Shut the fuck up. It wasn't that uh, kind of a movie, you idiot. <laughs> it wasn't uh, that, what, who? The constantly getting pursued and shot at uh, kind of prevents a quippy banter. Yeah, go, watch, <laughs> yeah, go watch Rush Hour 3. <laughs> yes, there you go. Jesus. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we really enjoyed Extraction. It was a kick-ass ride. It was fun. It was fun. And, you know, we don't really see a lot of movies with that quality of action in the mainstream cinema. It's very rare. We get the John Wick movies once in a while. Uh, But uh, hopefully we'll get to see more of that, you know, on the small screen, Netflix, or the big screen, hopefully in the future. But uh, There's been been a small uptick in terms of uh, the improvement mm -hmm. on action. Um, I, I liked how the action was shot in Sucker Punch. Um, Ninja Assassin was okay, even though it was a bit shaky. It yeah. was stylish, and it kept up with the action as much as it could at times. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, even 300 was great. Yo, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They're out and, there. They're out there. You just have to find them. It's, it's, you know, Hollywood is slowly but surely coming it to itself when it comes to action. I think the, the implementation of uh, uh, Chad Stahelski and, and David Leach on yeah. the first John Wick film uh, helped set a pace. Uh, and then it, it sort of followed suit with, you know, uh, Deadpool, uh, director Tim Miller, and, and having guys like, um, what's his name? Uh, Philip Silvera, you know, uh, 
doing the action. You know, it looks really great. Sil- uh, Silvera did the action for, uh, I think, the first and second season of um, Daredevil on Netflix. Ooh. And and Silvera also did Damn. the action for. He also he also did the action for um, the the most recent Terminator film. Um, wow. So. Cool. It's out there. You just gotta know. You just gotta know how to find <laughs> what. No, so I was drawing a blank. But go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. No, they're out there. You just have to know where to look and where to find it. But um, what do you think about the old guard coming to Netflix? That trailer looked pretty cool. What do you think of that? I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I, it. I I have I have nothing to naysay about it. I'm I'm looking. I love Charlize Theron. Yeah. Um, she was great in Fury Road, and she's a great actress in general. Are we getting Atomic Blonde 2? Is that definitely, is that confirmed coming to Netflix, or we don't know? Uh, well, when, when I think Deadline first reported that uh, last month. Um, so as, as, as far as what I've read then, it, it's happening, unless otherwise noted going forward. So. Uh, okay, cool. As, as always, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that uh, David Leach and his wife are attached to produce a film called Kate. That's another action thriller. Uh, nothing's happened there. There's, there's a whole lot of, you know, projects out there that, that are announced uh, for development. And it just, it, these things, they take time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And the, when I saw the trailer for the old guard, I was like, this looks pretty badass." But the first thing I thought about when the trailer was over was, I think this is what fans of Bloodshot was hoping it would have been. <laughs> I haven't seen Bloodshot yet. Yeah. It's very similar, though, in tone, except Olgard looks like, you know, they're not being pussies about being PG-13. Um, but um, we are here to talk about two R-rated films, Fuck, fuck PG-13 and Rush Hour 3. <laughs> we are here to talk about... <laughs> You'll never live this down. <laughs> you you ruined Henry Sonata, damn it. You ruined Henry Sonata. Anyway. I fucking love Henry Sonata. I can't wait to see him in Mortal Kombat, but anyway, go ahead. If that yeah, we were just talking about that. We just watched the animated film and it was it was pretty kick ass. But uh, we were just talking about is that is the Mortal Kombat live action uh project, is that still coming? Is that still happening with Joe Tazalum yeah. as Sub Zero and Oof. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. By, so, a, by, a, by a first-time director, no less. Mm. Ouch. That's either good or bad. We'll find out, right? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. I've waited uh, more than 20 years, as, as many of the rest of us. Yeah. So, um, Hopefully we a get time. a, was it Sam Hardgrave? What's his name? Hardgrave. Hopefully it's a Sam Hardgrave experience, not a David S. Goyer experience. Oh, God. I don't want to hear that name ever again. David freaking Goyer. Good God. Blade, <laughs> Blade Trinity can suck a donkey's dick. I swear and I just filmed the video today where we talk about the Blade films. So stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Yes. Anyway. Um, I hope you roasted the shit out of Blade Trinity. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a long video, but oh well. Just have it on in the background while you're doing shit. Just have it on the background. Cool. Cool. Um, which I'm going to call it. Uh, but yeah, let's Definitely. talk about these two pleasant surprises. These two R-rated, badass, fun 
hilarious action films, almost like a throwback to the good old days. And you know, and it's it's not a buddy cop, but it's more of like you know this. You have the it's the thuggish, ruggish, thuggish, ruggish versus gangsters, basically kind of thing. And you know, pleasantly surprised with the Deck Collector, which came out in 2018, directed by Jesse B. Johnson, who you know we're becoming more fans of this guy. You know, like we're just it's just growing. We're becoming bigger fans, slowly becoming bigger, bigger, bigger fans of this guy. I mean, we love the Isaac Florentines. We love the William Kaufmans. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. But right now, in my opinion, I don't know about yours, but in my opinion, Jesse B. Johnson is kind of like the number one name director for this style of action film. He's the current champion. Yes. Uh, he, He delivers a certain aesthetic in his films that definitely speaks to the nostalgia of most action fans today, the, the, the fans of Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris, uh, things like that, fans of B-market action films, um, or William Friedkin, dire- directors like him. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, we loved Avengement. Mm. You know, I that still, a, I still have, solid. right? Yeah. It's really good. I still, we still have not seen Mercenary yet. We did purchase it to support uh, you know, the filmmakers involved. We have not watched Mercenary yet, but the trailer looked like there would be some badass action in it, at least. But let's talk about something that, you know, we were like, well, Scott Atkins film. We didn't know Jesse V. Johnson was involved at first or anything. And we we're just like, oh, this is Scott Atkins movie on, on, on Netflix. We're bored. You know, it, it either could go great first, you know, it either, either could go great for Netflix Scott Atkins movie or bad. And it it's a hit or miss. Right. It's gone horribly wrong. And I'd like to just throw it out one more time. If you have missed our podcast discussion about it, I'm just going to throw it out one more time. Fuck abduction. Abduction can go fuck itself up the ass. Mm. All right. Mm. Now, (laughs) have you seen that yet? I I have not heard great things about it yet. I have not seen it yet. do Do you like your badass Scott Atkins character to stutter the whole movie does that sound like fun uh it, it depends on the creative vision but <laughs> <laughs> creative vision oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> it depends right. on the vision and how it's and how it's <laughs> creative creative vision <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, we're back. Sorry. Skull, my friend. Cheers to you for joining us today. We're going to, we popped in the debt collector. Well, we pushed the damn button to watch it. Yeah. And immediately, we're like, oh, shit, we got Scott Atkins up in the damn dojo. These guys are coming in, asking him to do shit, wanting money from him, and he kicks their ass. I love the dialogue because I like how the guy's trying to punk him, and he goes, are you challenging me right now? Because he won't take his shoes off. You know, he's stepping on the mat. Scott Atkins is like, hey, man, you need to take your shoes off. You know what I'm saying? And then we can talk business. And the guy's all like, oh, you're going to come at me? What did he say? Do you remember? He's like, uh, like a like kung a, fu movie? Yeah. And, and, then, and, and, and then French says, yeah, like a fucking kung fu movie. Yeah, that's fucking great. I was like, all right, I'm already loving this movie. And then the fight breaks out, filmed really well. I was like, here's Jesse doing his thing. And um, Michael, was Michael Pear or Paré? I'm hearing Paré. I kept calling him Pear all these years, but it's Paré, I believe. Yeah. Fans of his work from uh, Streets on Fire, 
Streets of Fire or On Fire? Fire. Streets of, of Fire. Yeah. And Bad Moon, which is one of, the, one of my favorite werewolf films. I really enjoyed him in that film. Uh, he's basically the werewolf. But he didn't really, it didn't really seem like he did like any action in this movie, did he? <laughs> he was just kind of there having yeah. fun. Yeah. Even, even though he was in the gi, he didn't really do anything. He was just sitting on the side eating some fruit. <laughs> but it's always good to see him, though. It's always good to he's see him. He's a solid actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead, and, and uh, I, will, I will hand it over to you, my friend, to discuss a little bit more about the plot of The Debt Collector. Are we doing spoilers? Fuck it. Let's do spoilers sure, for not? both movies. Is that okay? Well, not, okay. The, not the second the, one? The second one just got released. Okay, okay. Yeah. So just the first one, not the second one. Yeah, let's... Okay. We can just go basic. The, the second one will have to have a slight spoiler because right. of the end of the first one. But obviously, because there is a sequel, <laughs> right, right, right. With, the, with the ending of the first one. Okay, so no spoilers for the second one. Yeah, we'll talk about if you yeah. can just for those of the those of that are listening and watching right now that are unaware of what the plot is. If you could just give us the basic plot, sir. Um, well, uh, the deck collector stars Scott Atkins as a struggling uh, MMA school owner. He's uh, pretty much um, out on a limb. Uh, he's got bills to pay. Um, he's about to get kicked out of his place. He needs money real fast. He's a former soldier, uh, desperate for cash, and he turns to uh, his friend, Marco, Michael Pare, uh, who uh, uh, reluctantly offers him a job with a, uh, a gangster named Tommy, a plate by Vladimir Kulich. Uh, uh, Tommy partners French with Sue, a former boxer and former B-movie actor who now collects debts for Tommy. And Sue and Tommy are like, imagine two fists bumping, like they're like, they're close, they're like this. Yeah. Um, so uh, day one, um, French, uh, he has to wear a suit, you know, just for <laughs> birthday impressions. Yeah. And their, 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 um, their work relationship is rough at first. Right. Uh, they, they kind of butt heads at times. They're an odd couple, you know? Um, yeah. French is one way, Sue's another. Um, one of my favorite lines from Sue is, you know, this, uh, he says, uh, 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 a moral compass is like a pinless hand grenade. So that, and that's one of the, one of the lines he, he throws at French to sort of pepper him up for the job on hand. They have three, three spots to collect money from for Tommy. Uh, and so the whole day is spent with um, just, just going from one spot to another and French you know, he's, you know, he's putting his feet to the fire. You know, he's, you know, um, yeah. What's, you know, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's getting his ass kicked. He's getting his ass, ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out a good way to, you know, put this. Um, I'm more eloquent in my writing than I am in my speaking. So forget. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, that day was a good, you know, first day, you know, more or less, you know, the suit's ruined, obviously. Uh, <laughs> he's got holes here, holes here. I love um, that. Throughout the and, movie, the suit gets worse. Yeah, and uh, and Sue got laid, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a good first day, you know, and and uh, uh, pretty much uh, the next the next time Sue and French are rejoined. 
they are they they head over to Tommy's and they have to they 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 go the three of them Tommy Sue and French they go over to uh, a gangster's mansion. His name is uh, Barbosa. Um, Barbosa. He's looking for uh, this this guy who's apparently done something wrong. He's wronged him somehow. Uh, but there's uh, a bigger plot at hand um, that nobody really knows about. And it's it, all it's really going to take for the truth to come out is for Sue and Prince to just make the trips they need to make to find out where this guy is. Right. And and from there on, uh, you sort of get the crux of what the film is all about in terms of its um, its its overall narrative and aesthetic. Um, like like the whole thing, the whole film takes place in I think L.A. and it's it's this sort of fictionalized sort of you know seedy underbelly where uh, there's rarely a good guy, and that's sort of what they're getting every time yeah. they interrogate somebody. Uh, no, you don't want to mess. You don't want to. You don't. You don't want him. He's a good guy. It's this girl who's always, you know, harassing him and giving him trouble. Um, so, yeah. Uh, one thing leads to another. They find the guy. Next thing you know, there's a big old shootout, and uh, um, Sue and French are sort of left for dead. They sort of scatter, um, and uh, they they're both presumed dead. Uh, right. But the guy's life is saved. The guy's daughter is saved. Um, cut to the sequel. Apparently they're still alive. Sue and French. <laughs> they, they, you know, uh, uh, French is he's. Uh, this is like some six or seven months later after the events of the first film. Uh, yeah. French is a French is a bouncer at a at a at a shitty bar, right. uh, <laughs> sort of regretting his past choices. Um, and uh, Sue, he's sort of this reformed, uh, recovering alcoholic with yeah. a newfound lease on life, and. Yeah. It's in the sequel that not only do they exhibit uh, that they've become that they've become the sort of opposites of each other. Um, uh, right. they, they, that that it's it it really does put their friendship to the test. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what happens is uh, uh, Sue finds him at the bar, and uh, and suddenly. Um, French is without a job right. uh, after after a big old bar fight, and so now they have to go to Las Vegas um, to collect debts from uh, three spots. Um, one being uh, Sue's uh, former lover, played by Marina Sirtis from Star <laughs> Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> uh, she was gangster. Oh, she was. <laughs> well, before we go before we go forward, let's rewind a little bit with. Um, I'm about back to the first film, how it's always fun seeing Tony Todd. You know, Tony Todd oh, yeah. is always a welcome. He's always badass. He's always intimidating. And, you know, the fight scenes, uh, the fight choreography is just really well done, brutal, a lot of fun to watch. You know, Sue putting on the brass knucks, you know, taking dudes out is a lot of fun. And you do have that comedic element that grows between them. But then you have these few subtle moments throughout the movie and that kind of like, we, we both looked at each other and were like, yeah. And like you have that, because you have the, kind of like the buddy, the buddy, buddy, thuggish, ruggish. It's peeling back the layers of their characters to get yes. them to make them more. And, and they're connecting. 
Like you have that one, yeah, like you have that one scene where they're, when I talk about that scene where they're both sitting in the car. Well, they're obviously because of their differing personalities and the different, the differing reasons why they're in the business that they're currently in. Um, they're very antagonistic towards each other, Sue and French are. And uh, you have this scene where French is kind of like picking at Sue a little bit, assuming that he knows all there is to know about Sue and that he's just this alcoholic and, you know, he's just, he's just this terrible person that just drinks. And Sue kind of just like spills his, <laughs> spills he his drinks. Guts. He drinks and he cares the most about his luxury coupe de ville. Watch right. the white walls. That's right. Yeah. Watch, the, watch the fucking white walls. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but Sue, kind of like in this quiet moment, spills the beans that you know he, he was married once and he had this little girl and she she died and yeah. uh, you know and it it you know you can tell how much it 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 crushes him that you just try, just to think about that you know and he's you know just really subtle moment from Mandalore yeah where he's just good you know, acting. Yeah, you know. Really good performance. And then with that scene where he's kind of showing how vulnerable he is and, and letting Scott Atkins' character know about his past and the tragedy he's gone through. So they yeah. you know, stop talking shit about him. Jesse slowly zooms in to the car window, you know, during that scene. And that was a very well done scene. And, and that helped balance the movie. Besides the comedy yeah. and the fisticuffs, we did have some emotional content. The- there's one there's vulnerability there's stakes there are layers and that's what makes characters like these interesting yeah, yeah and they're and they have and again by the second half of the film that moral compass that you're not supposed to have mm-hmm. uh they end up kind of getting it because of what you end up finding out is that this person that they're going after that barbosa sent them after that has somehow wronged him somehow well, yeah. it's not what it seems, and yeah. it's basically one of Barbosa's women has kind of like turned him, uh, has kind of turned this guy, you know, into like this monstrous villain or whatever. Kind of lied. Yeah. It's kind of even hard to tell exactly what she said about him, but right. Barbosa wants this guy dead, essentially. Yeah. And the thing uh, is, she was obsessed with being wanting to be with him, and 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 she couldn't have that because he wouldn't let her. Right. So right. she got all she got all vindictive and 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 lied about him to yeah. Barbosa. He's like, let's kill this motherfucker, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think it was even like he thought he stole from him, or so, it was like it was like all this, yeah. all this different crap. And we'll come to find out he's just this guy who fell in love with this dancer and had a daughter, but the the girl that he fell in love with died, and so now the guys going against their better judgment, especially Sue, because Sue's been in the business longer. You know, yeah. they decide to kind of like, oh, well, shit, you know, what's the right thing yeah. to do here? Sue's more keen on survival. Right. Yeah. But against his better judgment, he also, especially probably because of that incentive that there is now a child involved, you kind of harken back to the fact that he's lost a child. Yeah. You know, possibly. It's, you know, you can read into that if you want. It's not, say, it's not stated by any means or anything like that, but you can possibly read into it if you wanted to. Um, that, you know, you know he wants to protect these two people and i'm sorry but sue died <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i have to put this out there sue died you can you know it's pretty that was dancing on the back of your brain the whole time wasn't it <laughs> he he like we, we we watched it again right before we watched the second film 
Because I remember him dying. Yeah. And I remember it being pretty clear that Scott probably died, that French probably died. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was like, they're making a they're making a sequel with both of them. Well, yeah, I have yeah. no problem with them bringing back Louis Mandalore and Scott Atkins because yeah. as if Jesse B. Johnson wants to dedicate the rest of his career to making movies with those two men, I will watch every <laughs> single fucking movie he makes if those two if those two men are in it because <laughs> I love their chemistry together. They could be the same characters. They could be different characters. I do not give a shit. Okay, I love them together. Yeah. I don't care. I will watch forever for the rest of my <laughs> life. For as long as there are movies with those two in it, I will watch. When I first heard there was going to be a sequel, I sort of imagined that this was going to be sort of an alternative universe where they, where they were alive, even though right. they clearly looked like they freaking died in the first film. Yeah. So or was it a dream, a dream sequence or something? And even, and, and, Anything. And yeah. there's only one thing aside from <clears throat> there being a sequel to kind of negate the ending was there was like this kind of pretentious thing throughout the film, the first film only oh. with the cattle being led to slaughter throughout the movie. You get bits and pieces. You get yeah. cut out of nowhere at first. You, you get, you keep getting cuts, hard cuts to cattle at one point, you see just a cow in a field, and then yeah. you see the cow getting rounded up, and then you see it getting taken to the slaughterhouse, and eventually you kind of get, okay, I get where we're going, and then you see it getting, you know, you know, killed with the prod and all that. I'm it like, gets grim. Yeah. And it's like I get, and then you even have the the scene at the end with the with the with the daughter and the dad. The daughter's asking the dad, "Do cows live a good life before they get killed for food?" And the dad yeah. lies to her. Yeah, I think so. And it's like. We get the metaphor. It's like, you I are get not it. alone, my friend. Dan song credits. You know, it's like, I got it. But for that kind of a film, I just felt like that, those intercut scenes were just a little too pompous. I don't know. Was that just me? I, 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 I thought that, like, this film was going to get attacked by animal activists and stuff because yeah. of those things. It was grim. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie... The movie's still fun with it in there, but Absolutely. it didn't need it. And thankfully, we didn't get any metaphors like that in the second film. So. I think that was I think that was just sort of aimed to the you know old school action fans who didn't really care for PC filmmaking, right, or that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's like it didn't it didn't it didn't distract us from enjoying the movie. We still enjoyed the film. Not really, not at all. Yeah. But we're glad it's not in the second one. That's like, let's see where, let's see the new adventures of Sue and Frenchie and see where they go. And Which it's I, French. They were, it, it's, it's just French, as he would tell you. Yeah. Not oh. French. Yeah. Not just it's just were, French. Once, once, they, once they meet up in, in the sequel, I, th- I found it very hilarious because at this point, when the, when the sequel started, I was like, Oh, pumpkin. I can't wait to hear this bullshit explanation to how they're both alive, especially Sue, right? And I'm just sitting here with bated breath and, you know, you, you get the scene when, you know, there's the barroom brawl and, and uh, French and uh, Sue finally meet up. And I'm like, I'm waiting. And boy, oh boy, they, did, they just got right to it because I think they knew that if anybody had watched that first movie, 
they're probably like, okay, we better give these motherfuckers an explanation. <laughs> so luckily we didn't have to wait too long for the explanation. Was it bullshit? Just a tad. Did I care? No, because I got to see Louis Mandalore and Scott Atkins on the screen together again, as they were destined to be, as they need to be forever for the rest of time. <laughs> All I want to know is who this, this, this big stacked, you know, hefty legged hottie that, that rescued Scott was. Like he says, there's some blonde chick who rescued him. I want to. I want to know who that was exactly. Like oh wow! Legs. Huh. I kind of forgot like about that. Little, yeah, there's like a little thing about that in the film. In she'll the be. Sequel. She'll be in the third one. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so. Shit. <laughs> now, as much as we enjoyed the sequel, and uh, it was it was just a great. You know, the character development has grown with these two characters. And like you said, there is kind of a switcheroo of roles in this one, which isn't very interesting. Character, like character tropes and they, like, yeah. like, like, like perspectives. Like they've, they've changed some. Yeah. Where, where French is sort of adopted to that uh, survival instinct, or as Sue calls it, you got a tone about <laughs> you. <laughs> and Sue is kind of like a little bit of a pacifist at first, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm 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 done with the violence, <laughs> and that just totally pretty good impression. By the end of the film. Huh? That's a pretty good impression there. <laughs> Did you these, think these characters, they these characters they 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 kind of stuck with me? I really enjoyed the films to that extent. But yeah. Did you feel that the main villain in the sequel was a little weak compared to? maybe Tony Todd's presence from the first film was, was that guy? I, I, a li- I didn't, I didn't think he was weak at all. Really. I, okay. I kind of, I kind of thought that his female co-star, um, the one who tortures Sue. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought she was too tiny for that big ass gun. She holds at the end of the, at the end of the film. It's like, I was hoping she, before I, she falls. <laughs> I was hoping something would happen to that character at the end, but um but uh yeah i thought i thought i don't know i mean the guy was he, he was a, he seemed like he was a solid actor and he he did a good good performance but i don't yeah. know i think he was a little bit too jokey he seemed like a little too jokey well well the the thing is he's barbosa's brother and i think i think it's good that he was a little jokey because he's not supposed to be some carbon copy of barbosa barbosa right. yes he's dark and brooding whereas this guy this character um What's his name? I know uh, it starts with, 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 I with an M. Um, I, I, it starts with an M. Can one of you Google it? Yeah, we're going to fact check it right now. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah, and uh, he, he clearly, yes, they're related, but they're not supposed to be like similar in personalities. Part of what makes sequels interesting is that they don't stick to all of the same things that made the first film great. You know, you get a, a you, you you keep things fresh. You know, with a new villain, uh, or with a new way of thinking, but who's just as menacing to an extent. And that's exactly what we wanted him to be: menacing, dangerous. He's conniving. He has an agenda, and it doesn't involve keeping people alive, for that matter. It it you know, he's a criminal. He's got men who want to kill for him. You know, and and a femme fatale. You know, you know, you know, sort of. Um, <clears throat> second in command willing, willing to uh, tase your balls. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. 
Let's see here. Well, I'm trying to find him here. Uh, Molly. Molly, yes, exactly. That, that's the character's name. Yeah, solid performance. I thought he was solid. I, th- I, think I just was getting tired of the jokes. It was just like, you know, I don't know. To each his own, to each his own, to each his own. But um, uh, the fights were, again, very well done and fun to watch in the second one. And without spoiling anything, I, I, will, I will say this. The fight in that little, that little alleyway towards the end yeah. between two people, I'm not going to say who, that was the best fight in the movie. I think it was one of two of the best fights in the film. But yeah. I do agree with you that it was certainly a, a, a hallmark moment in the film. Very, rem- very reminiscent to the, the alley fight in They Live. Exactly. It's kind of reminded me of that, which was awesome because we love that movie. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights. I do think, though, because uh, uh, Sue being a little bit of a pacifist in this one, I think the first movie had more action, though. What do you think? Not that this movie needed more, not that the sequel needed more action, but I think in terms of pacing and they go to the next fight, the next fight, the next fight, the next, I think there was more, more fights. I, I and, think it had just as many scenes, but I think it feels like there was more action because Sue's getting involved now. Like he wasn't fighting as much in the first film uh, yeah. until in the first film. It's not until um, they're, they're at that mansion and he's, he's going up against the giant and his three goons, you know, uh, right. In that in that little driveway, and he breaks out the the, the brass knuckles. Right, so, right, right. Um, but in the sequel, you know, he's putting in the work because they they're both, you know, they're both on the job. They both have something at stake, uh, and they both have to have something to fight for now. Um, right. And it's just it's just a matter of lining up lining up what that is, you know, because they both have agendas on their mind. French is desperate for money. He's desperate for, for survival, and 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 Sue, he's He's trying to save a friend's life. Yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah, he's very, exhibiting the same. He's he's exhibiting the, the sort of compassion that that he didn't in the first film <clears throat> when French uh, was trying to save that man's life and his daughter. So yeah, I do like the uh, the dialogue scene between them that we won't mention or talk about, go into detail because of spoilers. Uh, when they are both in the hotel room, that was fun. That was that was fun. <laughs> very revealing. Yeah, it was very revealing. Yes, that's all we're gonna say. It's kind of like, all right, well, that was kind of hilarious, uh, but uh, well done from both from both from both guys. Uh, but I, you know, I enjoyed all of the action in the sequel. In the sequel, just for me, it kind of felt like there were more in the first one. But that's just me. Uh, anything else about the sequel without spoiling anything? I wanna I wanna see mailing on. Um, in the third film, Mei Ling Ung, she was a co-star in, in in Wonder Woman. She was the main villain in Lady Bloodfight with Amy Johnston. Okay, uh, she's a body she's a bodybuilder, uh, Singapore. Okay, uh, out of out of Singapore, and um, she uh, she was also in one of the uh, Scorpion King direct to direct to DVD films uh, a few years back. And uh, what else? That that's that's all that's all I can remember off the top of my head. But I definitely want to see her in the third because uh, she she's obviously she's in the sequel. Um, 
Oh, and she's also in um, the new Suicide Squad film coming out I oh. think, in a few days. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, she 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 sort she sort of plays a pivotal role in in the Dead Collector too, uh, and I think I I think she would uh, make a great fitting uh, in a third Dead Collector's film if it happens. I was don't she know uh, was she Marina Sirtis's uh, second hand? Yeah, her bodyguard. Okay. Okay. All right, and, cool. I, and 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 I and I especially enjoy how uh, from there, from from the first to the second film, there's this underlying um, uh, system of, of of the way these crime bosses and the way they work. Like it's like uh, everybody has a has a freaking bodyguard. I think I think French <laughs> uh, sort of gets exasperated and says something to that effect. Like in, in the first film, I think like does everybody have a bodyguard? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh that's right he says it in he says it in the um put you on blast i'm putting you on blast leave me alone he says it in the first film in in the bar scene where he where he where he he takes on rob mars i think that's his name rob mars um who plays a character named joey the, the bartender goes joey and the guy comes out it's like so i don't have a problem with you but i don't know this fuck <laughs> <laughs> What about what about the six foot five parkour guy, Austin Durden? That's his name, dude. What the? <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. I was like, "How huge is this guy? This guy's doing parkour. What the fuck?" That was crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't know he was really that tall, but you know, he can move. I've seen. I him just threw a number out there. I'm not I'm not sure how tall he is, but yeah, he <laughs> he does look he does look pretty tall, but he yeah. he. he He's he's great at what he does. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! She's a fan of Louis Mandalore. Uh-huh. Everybody knows this. <laughs> Everyone knows this. I just want to put her on blast because I like teasing her. This is not news, okay? <laughs> not newsworthy. I mean, I can see how you would be a fan of Louis Mandalore. I'm a fan. You know, I like him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you realize wow. when the when the camera's off, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get socked right here. <laughs> yeah, your beard's gonna go over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, both movies uh, we highly recommend. Fans of action, fans of action comedies. Do these films? We have not seen Stuber. Do these films I, give you yes. what Stuber tried to? Uh. The Stuber doesn't come close. Wow. I mean, it 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 tries its own thing, right. but you know, it's a at the end, at the end of the day, it's a Hollywood film that makes many of the same goddamn mistakes that most Hollywood films make uh, after the new millennium. Um, what were some of the mistakes of Stuber? The shaky cam action, uh, oh. wasted talent. Uh, some of the comedy wasn't comedy wasn't that funny. Kumail Nanjiani is great, and and Dave Bautista he's 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 entertaining. He's fun to look at. Um, they both played great characters. They have they have great chemistry. But the the for me, um, in terms of why I would follow that film, not just because it's an action comedy, but because Iko Uwais is in it. And you don't and this I don't get why Hollywood directors would cast a headlining international action star who's made a name for himself and give him this side character that just completely 
overwrites his 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 his, his talents. Uh, Star Wars: uh, The Force Awakens. He's yeah. barely there. Um, mile twenty-two. That was shit. I will never forgive Peter Berg for the rest of my fucking life. Holy for shit! I mean, I I, I I I wrote I wrote like hell to promote that film too, and I had high hopes. That that film has a great stunt team, but the filmmaking, the the style, was formulaic textbook Hollywood garbage. Horrible. They 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 completely treated the action like shit they treated eco like shit i will i cannot forget that and and then you have stuber <sighs> same it's the same old you know yeah he got better uh, eco got better treatment on Wu assassins where he is the star and the yeah. team the the team doing the action and all the showrunners and directors of each episode those people like that know what they're doing. Even though the sh- the show itself, it it tends to you know border on, sort of, campy and you know at times. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it's still both as one of the best examples of action, Good. on film. Good. And I still haven't watched it yet. Fans. Blue Assassins. Yeah, I've not watched it yet. Yeah, check check it out, please. No, I will. It's in the queue. It's in the queue. <laughs> I just got done watching Warrior not too long ago, so. Warrior, the series? Yeah. Season two, later this year. Woo! Oh, is a date. Give me a trailer already. Cinemax. I know. I can't wait. I can't Gangs wait. of London. Gangs of London. Come on, Cinemax. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's the, uh, what you call, directed series, right? Garth? Uh, uh, Gareth Evans was one of the, Evans. Uh, uh, he was one of the directors of that show. Him, um. <laughs> And two other two other directors. Uh, I totally botched that. that. I think I, I mentioned a comic book artist or writer's name. I said Garth Ennis. I totally botched that. Uh, Gareth, but yeah, Gareth great director Evers, guy. Gareth Evers, Gareth Edison's something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check uh, Wu Assassins out. We'll check, we'll check it out. You know. It's got nothing to do with my girl Lagertha being in it. You know, that's got nothing to do why I want to watch the show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's not not talk about people you like. Let's put me on blast. Okay. (laughs) It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to present you with a blanket with her face. (laughs) That's that's kind of creepy. I don't want that. No. No. Oh well, now I have to. But uh, yeah, so people that are watching right now and listening to the podcast, don't waste your time and money on Mile 22 and Stuber. Instead, watch the Debt Collector films. They're a lot more entertaining, a lot more fun, and we, all three of us, cannot wait for another sequel. We need a trilogy. Come on, damn it, don't let us down. If not a trilogy, at least... Give us a Netflix series or something. Holy shit, a Netflix series. That can work. I wouldn't say no. That can work. I didn't even think about that. That can work, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, just, you know, have 
still film the action well and have the same team. You know, maybe Jesse B. Johnson could still be involved, obviously. You know, I heard whatever happened to the rumors of the Yuri Boydka TV show. Well, well, that wasn't a rumor. That was an actual trade news report, but I don't think it's going to go through. Okay. Uh, if it does if it does go through, it, it probably won't be for a while. and It'll probably be with a new actor and maybe new character or new direction. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no. Um, but this, but this, is just, this is just me talking. Um, personally, I would welcome it because, you know, Boyka, he's just a character in that universe. The, that whole franchise started with a character played by Wesley Snipes. And it sort of converged from there to Michael J. White v. Scott Atkins, you know, and, 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 and his character. Nobody remembers that first movie. <laughs> good point. <laughs> well, you know what? If it's badass and the fight's good and the guy does a good impression, why not, I guess? It a just kind of seems or, like... Or, or, or if the characterization and story are good, you know, it doesn't have to be Boyka, per se. It could have, you know, some, some nods to the character while yeah. glorifying. Perhaps, I was hoping, like, if there was ever a continuation of Undisputed, there would be a female continuation because we have so many talented female actresses like Katie Sackhoff, um, Amy Johnston, and so, just so many others out there. That'd be um, interesting. Deserve the spotlight. That would be. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they could definitely bring something to the martial arts genre, you know, because it doesn't all have to be a sausage fest. No. In my <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're down for everyone having a shot. As long as they're badass and they work hard and they're talented, we're all, we're, we'll, we will watch. We will definitely watch. So again, check out Debt Collectors. Uh, was there anything else uh, about the films you wanted to mention before we wrap it up for today? I think we're good. We're good? Louis Mandalore so. rocks and Lagertha rocks, all right? <laughs> I, I definitely want um, something uh, after Avengement. I want to see how that character continues, if if it's possible. Ooh. Yeah, if it's yeah, if it's possible to build something off of the events of that film with that, that character, cool. I wouldn't say no. That could be the new Boydka type character for Scott. He's got his new, own new series. Could right. be. But um, but yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up. Thanks again, sir. You are awesome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. We're going to do more of these. We're going to do a lot more. Keep it up. Keep fighting the good fight. Lee, thank you, thank you guys you, for having me. You be uh, golden. <laughs> for me, that's golden. right, you sir. Yes. Who's this golden guy? <laughs> Who's this Lee guy? <laughs> but yeah, man, we're going to do a lot more. <laughs> we'll do a lot more of this in the future. Because we love talking about martial arts films and action cinema. So, peace out, man. We'd like to thank all you badasses for watching and listening to the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Take care.